This is the Why Pain Matters podcast with Professor Laura Mosley, hosted by Master Sessions. Follow the podcast and you will get the podcast as soon as it is released. Thanks everyone, take it easy and we're looking forward to your comments. G'day, I'm Laura Mosley. I'm a professor at the University of South Australia. I'm a professor in clinical neurosciences uh, and I'm very interested in pain and other feelings that serve to protect us. Welcome. My name is Bart van Buchem. I'm a pain specialist physiotherapist. I'm based in the Netherlands. And I've been asking Lorma for years to start a podcast. And um, after years, he finally yielded. And um, that's exciting. Uh, so now we're here. And uh, I thought it would never, ever happen. But it does. So Lorma, why actually are you doing this right now, this podcast. <laughs> well, Bart, thanks for your persistence and for your encouragement and I guess for your persuasion. Uh, the more I thought about this decision and, and eventually uh, decided let's do it. Uh, you know, we discussed my reservations about the time and resources and uh, I don't listen to many podcasts at all. Uh, and I feel like there's a lot of podcasts out there. I get invited onto podcasts all the time. Um, but I think you got me at the right time because the answer to that question uh, sort of emerged. And, and I guess the most obvious question is, you know, why call it Pain Matters with Laura Mosley? Uh, and it's of course, it's a play on words. Uh, I hope that over the course of this podcast, we'll be discussing matters of pain. So pain matters. And we will be doing that because pain actually does matter. <laughs> I'm really quite convinced of that. Pain matters to millions of individuals. Arguably, it matters to everyone, really. Pain matters more perhaps to those whose quality of life is reduced because of pain. That's not, you know, it's no longer serving a, a helpful protective function for them. Uh, and actually, when when your quality of life is reduced because of pain, but it is serving a, a, an important protective function. I mean, if you, have, if you have pain a lot, it reduces your quality of life. I think in that way, it matters. But pain matters to the partners, the parents, the children, the friends of those people. It matters to their teachers, to their colleagues, to their schoolmates, to their teammates, to their understudies, uh, to their sponsors or supporters, to their supervisors, their managers. We can just, we can just keep going and pain matters to everyone with pain who is challenged by that and people around them. It's it's a really effective feeling. Uh, and that's, I guess that's the problem, but that's why it matters. And then of course, there's all those people. Yeah, sorry, Bart. Yeah, yeah, I thought to jump in here just with a brief question. So if it matters, and you have 25 years of experience so far in research, why does it still matter so much that we need to push this as much? And maybe this goes beyond the things we probably have to discuss over the next couple of episodes, but is there a very brief um, comment from you on that? Why do we still have to push this so much? Well, yeah. And I guess that's relevant to the timing of your persistence about this podcast. So I think we still need to we need to push the idea that pain matters because the need remains massive. And I think the problem 
itself, our understanding of what is the problem and our our readiness as a as a society or perhaps as a species to accept the problemality of it uh, is not where I think it needs to be for the millions of people uh, who are in a situation uh, that is worse than they need to be in according to what we currently know. So I guess the change in our understanding of the problem has also revealed uh, opportunities for better outcomes. So that, I guess, it, I don't know if it matters more because we've got more access to better outcomes or whether it matters more now because uh, we, we're we not moving the field as quickly as we'd, we'd like to. I mean, it's not, it's not only the people who are suffering uh, and whose capacity and life enjoyment is reduced. Uh, but I guess, and this speaks to your question, it's the impact that it has on the provision of healthcare, on productivity of businesses, on sick leave rates, on retirement savings, on the infrastructure requirements of, of government and organisation and social infrastructure, the budgets and the reconciliations of budgets, on planning your business and the strategy. I mean, I'd, I think that there are many arguments as to why pain matters to humanity are a very large amount. Like the stats, the stats are really compelling. But and anyone like me who applies for money to do research uh, into something will we'll have these stats ready. Uh, but on some metrics, uh, the most obvious ones are, are how how many years you live with disability or how uh, I think called disability adjusted life years. So they're the two main metrics of disability. Pain matters as much as any other health condition there is. It, it's not considered a killer, although I think one could argue that in some cases it is, but it's a significant risk factor for a wide range of conditions that that do kill us, cancer, stroke, diabetes, depression, uh, suicide, drug addiction, cardiovascular disease. You become less likely to have fulfilling relationships. You become more likely to become lonely, socially isolated, less active. You eat and, least, and sleep less well. Um I just think that it can't that there really can't be any doubt that pain matters. But that wasn't your question, right? Your question was why <laughs> why, why this podcast? Why why do it? Why do it in the end? You know, so your question is why, why do it? Why do it now? Um and uh the things that got me over the line were were probably two separate things that occurred together. Uh at the moment. So one was this Pain Revolution Rural Outreach Tour that we've just got back from in far north Queensland in Australia, uh, where we take a bunch of people from town to town and uh, really run seminars and, and education <laughs> events and professional development workshops. The other was sitting down uh, to write my proposal to get my salary for the next five years. So this is something I do every five years and I ask the Commonwealth of Australia to pay me for five years and give me some research money because what I'm doing is very important and uh, I'm worth the investment. So th these are two things that were happening together. Let me start, if that's okay, Bart, with the Pain Revolution Tour. Uh, so we, we visit rural communities in Australia and we sit down with them to understand how they're going with this chronic pain issue in their area what they're doing and how we pain revolution might be able to help. And if anyone wants to learn about pain revolution, just Google it. Uh, you'll find us very easily, painrevolution.org. Uh, 
uh, and you can learn learn about what we're doing. Uh, we fund scholarships for rurally based healthcare professionals to uh, upskill and increase their knowledge and understanding around pain and prevention and management of chronic pain and and educating patients, the community and their colleagues. About that. And then we come through on our bikes, uh, not all of us on bikes. Uh, we're dressed in Lycra, we look like clowns and uh, there's there's a few elite athletes there, but the, most of us are like me and uh, that raises attention getting on Lycra through the, the rural areas of Australia with less than elite bodies. Uh, we raise money through that and we raise awareness and all that. But the things that struck me on this tour, and they always strike me to some extent, uh, the first is the need for better healthcare, better understanding, more effective care pathways in rural Australia, and I'm sure it's the same everywhere, is, is massive. Like pain might matter, but I can't help but think it doesn't seem to matter enough. You know, meeting the needs of those challenged by pain and the communities that are buckling under the weight of it all is falling on the shoulders of a, of a small, I mean, they're amazing, inspiring, high-capacity, high courageous, human-minded, brilliant people, but it's a small number of people. Uh, and I, like, I totally get that there's lots of challenges when it comes to health, uh, but... Maybe the most obvious comparison, but is the comparison between the challenge of chronic pain and that of depression and anxiety. If we just take depression, and on uh, on in terms of lost productivity and compensation of sick leave and care delivery, chronic pain well exceeds the impact of depression and anxiety. And the prevalences are quite similar. The disability burden is quite similar. The cost is greater for chronic pain, but at least in Australia, and just, just think about this stat in Australia. In terms of government and philanthropic funding to deliver best care to people challenged by chronic pain, it gets less than 1% of the funding that depression alone gets. Feels to me like we don't have that balance right. And that was really obvious to me on the tour. Um, you know, we, we absolutely have to deliver care to people to prevent and overcome mental health challenges, absolutely. But for some reason, and I think it becomes more and more clear what those reasons are, uh, chronic pain just does not get the support. So these people slip between the cracks and they they disconnect from society and from healthcare, at least in this country. The other thing, I mentioned two things about the tour. The other thing is that what Pain Revolution is doing, in my view, it's excellent. I really do think it's it's excellent. Uh, and we have people in communities translating research gobbledygook into bite-sized chunks. And our data suggests we are enabling and empowering people to move towards a better life. And we're supporting the healthcare professionals who are driving that change. So I guess one reason that what we're doing is, is, is good in my view is that we are flying the flag. We are clearly saying to us, Pain matters. We exist. We we are a thing because pain matters. So the tour really reminds me of it. Uh, and so why pain matters with Lorimer Mosley, I guess the second half of it was almost to say, look, for Lorimer Mosley, yep, pain matters to him. That's that's where it came from. Yeah. But but I mentioned a second trigger, which is this idea of of going for my salary. 
I'm effectively applying for my job. And whenever you apply for research money, uh, it's an enjoyable process, I think, and it's a real challenge, but it requires some serious mental agility, creativity, robust thinking, humble peer review, discussion, brainstorming. I mean, it, it, clear communication, honesty. I love all that stuff. Uh, but what happens, well, what's happened for me as I build it is that you you become more and more, it becomes more and more clear, at least for me, that I'm highly unlikely to be successful. I'm highly unlikely to get another five years of, of research funding. Uh, and it's not all why was me. I mean, it's a great job. I've been extraordinarily lucky and there are exceptional people who get these these gigs. And no, there's no duds at all. Um, you know, in some cases, some of the people who drop out of the system, I think I'm not fit to tie their bootlaces. But I have to be up front here and say there is a niggle. There is a niggle at the back of my mind. Uh, and that is that I can't help but think that part of the reason pain researchers drop out of this highly competitive research system is because pain doesn't matter enough. And because in the minds of, of most people, scientists and research funders included, pain doesn't matter. The onus is on us, of course, to be able to tell that story, to get our messages across clearly, to rely on science and evidence, to, to pitch. But I don't think there's another field of healthcare, at least, where researchers have to first convince the reviewer uh, that pain is different from what you think it is. And everyone thinks they've got a very strong understanding of pain because they've had it. They know what it's like. Uh, and their worst experiences of pain have been the experiences associated with injury. And I think that that association buries itself deep in the nooks and crannies of our of our neurons and immune cells, all the all the cool stuff that we're going to to get to over uh, the however much longer of Pain Matters with Lauren Mosley podcast. But that presents a problem because it does make us all, in a sense, convinced that pain is a marker of tissue damage. And yet here I am applying for five years of research funding based on a fundamentally different understanding of it. So that's the challenge. So anything that I can do, I don't know what I'll do where, you know, for my next gig, but whatever it is, I'm sure it will be motivated by this conviction I have deep in my belly that that pain matters. And I guess actually that conviction is, is not so much that pain matters, but that people whose life is challenged by chronic pain matter. Those people matter. And I don't think our society is, is agreed with me on that because if it was, things would be different. So I do feel like, okay, this podcast might help that a little bit, might be a way that I can um, be slightly unhinged you know, as a scientist, get on a podcast and just sprout some opinions and uh, I'll try to be very careful about those opinions, but this is a podcast, not a scientific conference uh, or a research article. How's that? I've, I've rambled a bit there, but 
Yes, but I think you've made quite clear to my point of view that, that there is there is this need. Um, and researchers, like you said, also have to do a good job on presenting this to as many people you possibly can to make it who's relevant mm. for it. could be patients and as an open resource, it's it's a nice way and it's a it could be a beautiful way to be more open and transparent on your thinking at least and mm -hmm. uh, behind the the paywalls of of journals and um, other courses i think it will be very nice sort of to explore these these all these little nuggets and and useful information that so we can sort of help people getting more excited about the knowledge actually there is uh, and mm -hmm. have emerged over the, the probably three decades i would say uh, has been yeah. quite it's been quite exciting uh, for uh, clinicians who've been working with pain and people who have been experiencing pain as a lived experience but also have a, a recovery experience for example and some mm -hmm. and many people are still seeking for help and finding contemporary well science perhaps to help them to move on whether whatever that means so mm -hmm. yes I, you, you got me excited <laughs> Uh, lost to just starting this this journey and see where we go so my question just for finishing wrapping up this first episode um is what should we expect now so if there will be mm -hmm. any structure what do you think should be first what will be the first thing over the next whatever a couple of episodes that we're going to try to emphasize and yeah. we're going to talk about generally? well i've yeah, thanks, Bart. I, from my perspective, um, you know, I've thought about I've thought about what what will make this a success in my eyes, um, and you know, what are the markers of of success? And uh, I'm I'm quite resistant to the the whole idea of followers and influence and all that sort of stuff. So I imagine that there will be some combination of of feedback from people. Uh, use and reach and that's all relevant uh, but I think the most relevant marker will be whether or not doing this adds to my life not anyone else's um, I hope that doesn't sound harsh but I think that for me that's the metric of of choice and as I thought about that I thought well for my own journey um, I wonder if that's an overused word now journey but uh, my own story that probably is too uh, I thought it might be helpful to to next episode touch on just a little bit of history, putting into context, you know, where the chronic field, chronic pain field, has come from, um, and I'll start from my first exposure to it, which I think was in the in the late nineteen eighties, when I was a high school student, and I did some uh, some work experience as a physiotherapist and ironically i came away from that very convinced i did not want to be a physio uh, but here i am uh, as a physiotherapist uh, so i thought i'd start i'd start with that and then then i had this stream of consciousness about what what might we want to talk about uh, in episodes and i couldn't stop um, there are so many interesting things so i think after setting the history uh, what what i would love to be able to do is to give people 
some insight into why I remain uh, so optimistic about the possibility for better outcomes for many, many humans. Uh, the evidence behind that, uh, what drives me to make decisions about whether it's worth investing in things like Pain Matters with Laura Mimosley podcast, for example, and then then maybe slowly start ticking some of these things off. You know, if we if we end up get, getting requests, great. Uh, but uh, I want to start there, the context, and then move from there into why, yeah, why do I think pain education matters? Uh, and there's been so many, so many developments in the pain education field in the last six or seven years that maybe we'll start there. But who knows? We, you know, we may, we may not go to plan. <laughs> we'll figure out. We'll figure it out. I'm for sure. All right. I think there was um, this was. I enjoyed this first session. I hope listeners will enjoy it as well and um, um, hang in with us. And we're trying to do regular sessions. We're not sure how many we will do on the on what average per month it will be, but it will be likely be once or twice a month. Um, and we'll keep you updated about that. But the more we do, how more excited we get, the more we're probably going to record. Um, it will be bite-sized, like 20 minutes, like today. So I think it will only take a bit of your time, just enough to get your mind um excited about this and um have a bit of think so please join us um leave leave us a note uh, we'll let you know uh, in the uh show notes how to do that just please go there and have a look so thank you Loz, for this first session um i enjoy that and um, thanks for having me about thanks for convincing me I hope I don't end up regretting it. <laughs> no, we'll, we will figure it out. <laughs> we have to figure it out. I'm sure we will uh, enjoy this for ourselves because we love talking about this stuff and um, uh, and we know why we're doing this. So um, thanks. And um, yeah, see you next time. Yeah, thanks, Bart. Ciao. Ciao.